Hello, mummers, and welcome back. We are talking today in our Nourishing the Feminine podcast all about relationships, intimacy, spark, libido, desire, chemistry, all of the things, particularly in pregnancy and birth and postpartum. So enjoy. Hey, mama, I'm sending you wonderful pregnancy vibes. It's time for you to guide you through. Let's take some time for you. It's pregnancy with physiola. Hello, mothers, and welcome back to episode three in our Nourish the Feminine podcast series with the incredible Julie Tenner, my favorite person right now. She is just the month of Julie. You can find her on Instagram at julietenner.love if you want to connect with her. She's a legend. So today we are talking all about relationships, and this is a really important part of mothering, of raising small humans is the relationship we often have with our significant other and how we can foster that deep connection, but not just connection, that spark, that chemistry, that sexual, sensual, really like, what's another word? (laughs) All of the juicy, beautiful vibes that so often women in motherhood feel like they miss out on because A lot of that is lost. A lot of the spark is gone. A lot of the chemistry is gone. So that's what we talk about today. So if you haven't met Julie yet, go and listen to episode one and two in this series. We talk about feminine energy and we talk about feeling unseen and undesirable in motherhood. They're really, really important because they play into today. Because if you're feeling like you're not in your feminine flow and you're not in your feminine energy and you're feeling unseen and undesirable, well, that's really going to impact your relationship. So go listen to episode one and two if you haven't already, because that's going to be the, the precursor to today's episode. Now, Julie has walked this walk. She's a mother of four. She works with women. She works with couples to help them improve their intimacy and their relationships. So she is 100% clued up to knowing what she is talking about. And today we talk about things like scheduling dates with your partner, scheduling sexy time, the importance of actually working on and maintaining your relationship like you would a garden, like you would, you know, your car. It's so important that we look after it. She talks about whether you're looking after yourself. Are you looking after your own inner temptress, as she calls it? Are you being a self-lover first? Are you pleasuring yourself? Are you treating yourself well or are you treating yourself like a slave? She talks about her own struggles with her first baby and how she showed up in her own relationship with herself and how she showed up in that relationship with her husband. And she also shares one thing, and this is one tip, and it changed her whole life. And she shares what she did to start turning that ship around so that she was connecting with herself better and connecting with her husband better. And it changed everything for her. So stay tuned for that tip. And we also talk about being a mum and being sexy and how important that is and how valid that is. And just because you're a mum doesn't mean you need to be dowdy or that you need to dress a certain way. You can be sexy. You can so be sexy. It's so important for you, if that is important to you, to lean into that. So this is a really juicy chat. I love Julie. Like I said, you can find her on Instagram at juliettenner.love. If you have Love this episode. At the end, please jump on over to my socials at PhysioLaura and let me know what your favorite thing was from this episode and maybe what you're going to take away and start working on to get that spark back in your relationship. And we've got one more episode in this four-part Nourishing Your Feminine podcast series. So please make sure you subscribe to the Pregnancy with PhysioLaura podcast so you don't miss out because that is the listener Q&A section. So all 
of the questions that were submitted and they're around libido and changing the sex menu and accepting and loving your body postpartum and oh, we talk about all the things. It's amazing. So make sure you're subscribed. And remember, if you want to connect with me further, my baby is the Pregnancy Posse. It's my online membership program for pregnant women to nourish them and support them throughout that entire journey. You get week by week, weekly guided workouts. You don't have to think about what to do to exercise, to look after your physical vessel, to make you feel strong and beautiful. I've done that all for you. So if you're interested in learning more about the program, you can trial it for seven days. Go and visit thepregnancyposse.com and I will greet you on the inside. But without further ado, mamas, let's jump into episode three. Let's chat all about getting that spark in your relationship back. Enjoy. Now, I want to talk about relationships because so many of the women and the mothers listening to this podcast have issues in relationship which boil down to desire, spark, libido, particularly during pregnancy and postpartum, which is the majority of my listeners. And a lot of the questions coming in, which again, we'll address at the end, but they're all about spark. It's all about feeling sexy and like, how do I you know, it's just like so hard and, you know, we've become just mates and we're co-parents and we're ships in the night. And that, you know, that's not news to anyone. That's a very common narrative for parenting these days. So can you talk to us about that polarity, the importance of the polarity and why we need that polarity to spark that desire again? Mm. I think there's a number of ways we could take this conversation where I think I'll begin is simply by saying I'm a I identify as a stay-at-home mum of four children and I identify also as being a full-time working mum who runs her own multiple six-figure business. So I don't differentiate and separate those. I'm in a long-term monogamous relationship of 20 years now. So I tick all of the boxes. I've naturally birthed or breastfed all four of my children with extended breastfeeding. I have co-slept. I have conscious parented. I have homeschooled. I mean, good Lord, we were in lockdown for two years in Melbourne. So I get it, but also am walking through this world as a living embodiment that it doesn't have to be the narrative that you've learned. So there's that. What I would say from a busy mum perspective is you only get, as a busy mum, family life one or two chances a week to seriously connect with your partner, how are you going to show up for that? Because how you show up for that and to that impacts every aspect of your life. So I would say there's that there's that aspect of relationship that does require maintenance and does require caretaking. No different to how we need to do maintenance on our house so that it doesn't fall around around us. Or if we have a beautiful veggie garden, we need to continue to weed and look after and tend to the soil and the plants so they don't all get eaten or we have no food to eat. Relationship is exactly the same. It requires tending to. It requires maintenance. It requires points of connection because if you've got connection, you've got everything, Mm. right? So what I often see is that relationship goes way down on the value scale and we would rather clean the kitchen than spend time on our sexuality, our sexual connection, our partner and our relationship. Mm. So we have to first have a priority self-check around, okay, I'm actually getting a lot of relationship pain here. 
this isn't functioning anymore and it's filtering out into my life because it changes how I show up as a mum. It changes how supported I feel. It changes how I show up with my children because when I, I don't know about you, Laura, but when I am feeling loved up and juiced up and like I'm just delicious, I am like the best vibing version of me as a mum. And when I'm feeling unseen and uncared for and undervalued and like I'm a slave, I'm like grouchy as heck mm. as yeah. a mum. Same as a friend. And my income and my business will fluctuate also depending on how I'm feeling in my relationship because it's central to who I be as a human walking this mm. world. So there has to be an awareness of this is really important to me and my life and actually impact every area of it, including finances. Because when I'm feeling shit, I go and shop. When I'm feeling shit, I go and eat. When I'm feeling shit, I don't exercise. Versus when I'm feeling really good in my relationship, all of those things mm. flow. So I just want you to see what it's costing you to keep avoiding it and what the benefits would be, how it would fill up all of your life when you spend just a small amount of time on it. So we have to prioritise relationship and connection. Mm. I would like to see people having weekly dates. I am a very big fan of scheduling. I'm a very big fan of that because it's absolute rubbish that desire is spontaneous. Mm. Absolute rubbish. If you imagine all of the times when you've had the best sex or the best interactions, you felt the most flirty and vivacious version of you will be because of all of the steps that you took up until that Mm. point. The cheeky text messages, the building of emotion and butterflies and talking with your girlfriends about it and getting giggly about it and thinking about what underwear you're going to wear and fantasizing and imagining what you were going to do and then he'd do this and then you'd do that and then she'd happen here. And like you are constantly hitting that Mm. up. So by the time you arrive there, you're already on simmer. Yes. It doesn't take very much to get you to boil. Mm. But if you are going from stone cold, it's going to take a heck of a long time to get you to boil. Mm. I would prefer that we looked at ourselves, our body, our sexuality, our relationship as an aspect of well-being. How do I maintain a simmer within myself? Because I'm the most vibrant, overflowing cup you know, that I can possibly be. And that is a gift and a blessing that brings abundance into my life and brings abundance out into my life just by me being the most vibrant I can be. So I always think you've got to align your day to day with that in mind Mm. is instead of practicing orienting away from your body, I don't need to go to the toilet. Oh, hang on. Uh, I don't have time to eat. I haven't eaten. I'm ignoring how I'm feeling. How do you spend five minute pockets every couple of hours? What do I need right now? How is my body? What do I need right now? How is my body? So practice bringing your attention and your focus back to your body, because if you spend all day disconnected from your body, Mm. you're going to have a backlog of emotions and feelings and discomfort and irritation and anger and pain before you get to the good stuff. Mm. But often people will stop at that. Couples, women will stop there because they're like, oh, this, you know, this is not working for me. Mm. Versus looking at it like you've ignored your body all day. She's like a, you know, mistress. You imagine you've got your long-term partner and you've got your cheeky little mistress on the side. You ignore her for long enough. She's going to start calling your work and then you're home, right? So... I always think I have this temptress in me and am I caretaking of her as a lover? Mm. Would caretake of her. 
or am I ignoring her, banishing her, locking her up in the basement, and then expecting that one day she won't become the horrific, you know, devourous witch mother that comes out to destroy everything? I mean, I'm going to meet that first before I get to the juicy seductress stuff. We like, and I, I love this part in pop culture how we're all about the surrender. And I always think, fuck me. If you really knew what that meant on a spiritual level, you would not be bantering that around because surrender really in and of itself is the capacity to let go and let whatever it is have its way with your body, right? So that could be anger. That could be deep pain, Mm. you know, or that could be ecstasy. But if you spend all day going, not you, not you, not you, not you, not you, you can't then pick and choose, well, now I'll have you. Tantra is essentially being a yes to Mm. life. You're osmotic. You let it all in. You love the whole of self and life and expression. You're not like, no, 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 stonewalling, building up walls, you know, stopping, fighting, and then going, but only you. And now I'm annoyed that you're not coming to me. Yeah. Right. So there's this, there has to be the self-responsibility for how you are caretaking of yourself as mm, a mother. I love that. And that is not something that motherhood has to take away from yes. you. So I can totally remember the time in my life where it did. So my eldest is 16. So definitely with him and with my second, I 100% was all of these things. I came from a wounded mother story. So unless it was hard work, unless I was self-sacrificing, unless I was stopping all of my needs in order to meet my children's every need, I would be a shit mother in mm. because I was running from my, my own mother wounding, right? I never spent any money or any time on my body or how I dressed it. And I always felt dowdy and self-minimized and not good enough, mm. not shiny enough. Like I remember all of those parts. I haven't eaten. I've skipped meals. I haven't created something beautiful for myself. You know, I I so identify with all of Mm. that. And yet what I have learned with babies three and four and certainly as a mother of four is what bullshit that was that I was running. It's not true at all, Mm. you know. So there has to be the self-sensuality, self-pleasure, self-body connection, self-lover part of you that you're tending Mm. to on your everyday in micro small Mm. ways I'm going to set myself up for a beautiful lunch so instead of doing the meal plan for the week that's just dinners I meal plan for the week to make sure I've got good food so I can sit down to that meal and maybe I'll light a candle or I'm having a rough time I'm going to play music that helps me remember how soft and open Mm. I'm having a day where I've forgotten how how what my attraction force or my magnetic force is well I'm going to take off the clothes that I have on no matter the time of the day and stand in front of my wardrobe and go, what's going to be vibing, have me vibing with how I want to experience today and spend the time to do that might only take me Mm. 10 minutes. I'm going to look after my skin because when I look after my skin, I feel glowy and I remember how glowy I am. I don't need makeup, but I remember my glow. Mm. So there's that. Then there's the schedule it in. You're busy. You've got to schedule it in, particularly Nick and I. I mean, we have four kids. We have, I don't know, 12 extracurriculars, our eldest two work. It's just, it is absolutely freaking mayhem. So unless we schedule in daytime, mm. it will never happen upon mm. us. 
So we very specifically, we schedule in lunchtime sexy dates because he works from home a few days a week. We schedule in and block out in both our calendars twice a week, we have lunchtime sexy dates. Then we schedule in once a month, I do babysitting swaps with my sister. Once a month, we have an overnight special date night. Great, so even if I do nothing else, I know that I have set it and forget it as a system of healthcare for my relationship, mm -hmm. my connection, our sexual connection, my capacity to be with my own body, right? That's already set up, it's there. It exists as a system. It's not hard work mm -hmm. for me. It's no longer hard, I just show up. It's already done. So scheduling, I'm a huge mm -hmm. fan of. I think you've got to do it because or else you will find all of the reasons not to. Mm, I love it's never going to happen upon like you. Like you said, it's, we just, it's not some like luxury bonus out there. It is core foundational to our health to have good relationships and good sexual function and like to tap into our sensuality and like that's just not like some luxury extra bonus for people who just happen to have free time and money like that is like core to living our life and what you were saying before like yeah. when I'm connected to my husband everything is better like everything flows yeah. oh my gosh like business ideas pop left right and center and like <laughs> I just feel like I'm walking on air and vice versa when we're disconnected everything is hard everything feels like an uphill battle and it can feel like and you know that to be true and it can feel like oh but there's just so much effort to try and like reconnect because you're busy and you've got young kids and you're co-sleeping and like you said all the reasons but if we can acknowledge which I think we all know everyone knows like when you connect again, you go, oh my God, we should do this more often. Oh my God, why? Like, this is so enjoyable. Why don't we do this more often? But yeah. like the gym, you don't always yeah. love going to the gym, but you schedule it in because you know it's important to your health. So I agree with you with the scheduling. It's like, why don't we schedule in time with our partners? When we know yeah. it's, it's hard to do unless we block it in. It doesn't make it unsexy. In fact, it's quite the opposite because I imagine that you then like build this anticipation for yeah. it. There is that simmering to it. Like you don't just catch each other by surprise and then go oh, like, no freaking way. Like I am not prepared or ready for yeah. this. You're like, no, no, I saw this coming yeah. and like, I'm excited and whatnot. And I love that concept that you mentioned about simmering as well. That's not something I'd heard about until recently. Cause I think it really helped for me to validate. I found it really hard to go from like mask energy all day, you know, CEO of the household yeah. and the kids and like, you know, boom, 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 boom. I'm doing the dishes at nighttime. Husband walks in the door, tries to give me a cuddle from behind. And it's like, oh, don't even touch me. I've got dishes to do. I've got this to do. I'm like, boom, 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 boom. Like, it's really hard to go from like stone cold to then like, oh, yeah. I can relax into this. But I imagine for me anyway, the idea of being like, it's Tuesday. You know what Tuesday means? Like I, I'm, I'm going to yeah. get up and about for this. Like it's just an easier way I think for women to like warm into the idea if they're finding that they are feeling that stone cold, ugh, like just not up for it. And what I also wanted to come back to and address and love on your point of it starts with you. So it is not that your partner is not doing enough work. It is not that you're like, and it could be also that, but it's not that they're not turning you on or they're not doing enough or they need to do X, Y, and Z. But I think it's really important to take some self-responsibility and go, am I looking after me first and foremost? Like I can't show up to this relationship and this spark and this um, 
you know, like polarity, if I am, like you said, like not even tuned in with myself during the day, don't know what my body is feeling or where it's at. Like, I think you've got to start with you. And again, not to add to the mental load of mothers by saying, well, you know, got to work on you again. It's all your fault. It's more just like, you're going to feel so much better if you connect with yourself first and you're going to be able to show up with your partner so much easier if you're already tapped in with how you feel. I actually think it's liberating to start with you rather than being like, oh, just another thing for me to work on. So I just really like that you you started mm. that point with tap into yourself. It's easy. It's not like you don't have to give yourself a 45-minute massage or anything intense. It's like, do you, are you hungry, Laura? Do you reckon you might want to eat something mm. that, like you said, like is not just like a bit of cheese and tomato left over? Like, do you reckon you could spend five minutes making yourself something you really enjoy or just having that cup of tea in the sun purely because you love it? All resting because you feel tired. Like I think those are such small things you can do throughout your day, which I can imagine build up that devotion and that love on yourself, which just makes you want to love on your partner, right? Like when you're not loving yourself, when you're feeling crappy in your body, it's really hard to connect with your partner because you're not showing up. Like you can't, you can't fully be there with them because you're not there with yourself. So I just think that was a really good point I wanted to highlight is you've got to be with yourself first, right? And then you can show up to your partner better. Um, and I'm wondering if you have any advice, like if women are feeling like, I know how to step into my femme energy now, like I'm much better at connecting with myself, but maybe they feel like, their partner is struggling maybe to step into their mask energy and the polarity is still a little bit challenging. Like I know my girlfriend who originally got me onto you was talking about her and her partner had a discussion where she, I guess, expressed to him that like, I need to feel supported and held by you for me to really drop into my feminine. And so what they had going on was like, he would come home from work and he would like go and do the laundry while she was pottering around cleaning the dishes. And then he might like run her a bath or something like that. And she just needed that like little kicker of him being like, I've got you, like I'm supporting you. I'm holding you to allow her to drop in. I'm just wondering if that's the sort of thing you might recommend for your clients as well to like work together. So we're, we're not focused on the self so much anymore because maybe we feel pretty good in that department, but what could we bring to the table to have as a conversation with our partner so that we can get that polarity, that spark happening? Is, is that clear what I'm saying? Mm, uh, I think so, but we can just play around with it a little bit and see where we end up. Look, I think it's a very nuanced question because what I can witness in relationships is there's many variations of what relationship setups and structures and agreements or assumptions look mm. like. There's often a big difference in understanding of language and language can be a really big barrier. Mm. And we've got to remember that we are living the relationship based on all of the ways that we've showed up previously, the way that we've thought, the way that we've behaved, and we've trained each other into the relationship experience that we have right now. So you want a different experience. It's going to require different training, which means different beliefs, different thoughts, different actions that you're showing up with and that they're showing up with. And all of us resist change. Change feels hard for most of us because if it felt good and comfortable, it would be our comfort zone and it's the life we're already mm. living. We want something different. We've got to change and get a little uncomfortable. Mm. That's just a reality. It's going to feel clunky and uncomfortable whenever there's change. 
So we have to let go of change is always going to feel good. Change is always going to be without resistance because it's not true. But resistance does not mean I'm unworthy. I can't have it. I now need to, you know, suck myself back in and say nothing. It just means learn how to be in this expanded, I don't know, um, intensity maybe is the word for it as our world expands, the intensity that we hold expands and sometimes our ability to meet difficulty, difficult conversations and conflict is where we often will retract mm. or stay solid. Mm. So that experience for women is what I see a lot. We've also got to remember that we are, of course, nuanced mixes of masculine and feminine energy. Most of us in our current society sit most of the time somewhere fairly neutral. Mm. That I think is more a normal experience. So if you're wanting to create experiences where you're shifting each other, so because we're a whole universe, we're always influencing the other. So if you're hugely feminine, you will attract your the man, human, woman in front of you will instantly switch on more masculine energy. So if you've got a partner who, like my husband, has a huge amount of feminine energy to the degree that I have a huge amount of masculine energy, mm. where you're always going to be in an equal partnership. So is that the state or the essence that feels most nourishing for each of us? No, actually he feels amazing in his masculine and I feel amazing in my feminine, but we have learnt, life has taught us the strategies that we've used, cultivated and created to actually do the opposite of what is our, we might call natural state of being. So he has a beautiful feminine. I have a really super strong masculine. So it takes a really strong alpha male masculine to out-masculine me. For me to flip into my feminine, if you're going to do it to me unconsciously, it has to be way down the other end because my masculine is really intense. So we just have to be aware that the degree to which our partner is in their feminine is the degree to which we're in our masculine because that's the energetic match. You're a whole universe together. It's always, there's only 100% of the universe. So if you take up 95% of the masculine energy, there's only 5% left for them. That's what they're displaying. Mm -hmm. So you want them to change, you have to shift yourself down into feminine energy at 95% and they'll be 95% masculine in exchange. Mm. So we have to be aware of the influence that we have on our environment all of the mm. time. So there is that piece. Then there's the part of we have learnt a way of being in our home and in our relationship and for the largest part, women take on the responsibility of family inc and household inc and we have trained our partners in many ways to trust our leadership more than their own. So it's not that they don't want to lead you. I'll just speak generally because this is what I see generally. Of course, there's nuances. It's not that he doesn't want to meet you. It's not that he doesn't want to swoon you open. I bet you he loves that part of you. He's just learnt over and over again not to bother because he always gets it wrong. Or you've already got it covered, so he'll just ask you how you want it done because he just wants you to be happy. So, you know, he'll just do whatever you want to do. And you're like, I don't want to have to tell you how to do it. I want you to, like, swoon me. And he's like, but I, I don't even have that skill set. I've never, you've always just wanted it this way, so I just do it that way because that's what makes everything easier. So we have to realise how much we've trained our partner mm -hmm. and how much we have to let go in order for them to step mm -hmm. up. So I just kind of want to frame that because it's more complicated yeah. than the one conversation where we go, hey, I just need you to be a stronger <laughs> mask. Anytime we do the, the you conversation, 
we need to flip that finger around to the me conversation because you don't want to say to your partner, you're wrong. Because all any of us ever want is to be loved for exactly who mm. we are, as we are in any mm. moment. And the second we feel like we have to defend ourselves, connection is mm. lost. Whatever happens next is no longer mm. possible, right? So I love you as you are. I get myself deeply in my feminine polarity instantly. Mm. That's my magnetic force, boom, mm. right? Off it, on it comes. At the same time as there's parts of us that have trauma, mm and parts of us that need some help and some love and they can be conversations we have. So that can be like, I think there's no more important moment in any couple's day than the moment you come back together at the end mm. of the day in whatever way that's been. That first five minutes dictates what happens for the rest of your mm. life. Often what happens is we haven't had touch points on each other during the day. You're fighting for needs. You're pretty sure that, you know, your partner's got it better than you and they haven't seen the shit show that you've been dealing with and how hard your life is and how hard you're working and how hard you're struggling and you both play this ping pong of who's worse mm. off. No one's meeting each other in that. You're both orienting towards I, 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 me, me, mm. me. What we want to do is bring a we. So how we meet that moment, how do we say, I choose you. You're the most important thing today. Let me connect in with mm -hmm. you before the kids. Mm before the dishes, before the whatever, and for those of us who are a little bit wounded, who use our masculine to avoid feeling, we'll be the ones that avoid that connection. Mm. Our partner will come home like, hi, and you're like, oh, the dishes, and thousand things, and da 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 and da 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 and we do the ice queen boss mode, like, fuck off from me, because I know the second I soften, I'm going to have to feel, mm. and I don't want to feel. I've been running from it mm. all day. We'll make that your fault but actually I just don't want to mm. feel. So we have to see the strategies that we have that we use and have used to handle our trauma mm. in the past. Certainly mine. The faster and harder I go, the more I'm bossy, the less I have to feel. Mm. So I know that about myself. My partner knows that about myself, but I also know what creates the better, most aligned, congruent integrity me is the part that's in touch with being soft and connected and open. Mm. And for that, I need to know, like, you're beautiful. I mean, the feminine in all of us is always testing if I fall, will you catch me? If I don't have it all together, is it safe? Mm. So just having a simple practice like that, you walk in the door and we both agree, no matter what's going on, kids crying, clawing at your pants, trying to wedge between you, the dog biting, I don't know, your bag. I don't know, whatever chaos is happening that you both agree we don't do anything until we have a touch point on each mm. other. That can be a long hug. Mm. That could be foreheads pressed together. That could be breathing really deeply together until I relax and go, oh, my shoulders drop. I feel you. I remember. That can be that followed by one or both of you saying to the other, what do you need right now? Right? So really simple things that say, I've got you. I have a touch point on you mm. we're doing this team together we're on the same mm. team not your separate islands fighting for resources mm. I love that so much it's just reminding me of my husband and I got into a really bad habit of greeting each other right that's such an important part of the day where you've both been in separate worlds and you're coming back together again of just like a quick half a second peck and then like straight back into it. Like I'd have to physically unlock yeah. the door because, you know, 
I have to lock it so the kids don't escape. Yeah. So I'd have to be the one, open the door, quick peck on the lips, and then I would go back to cooking or whatever. And then we were both like, what the hell is this interaction? This is so pathetic on both of our ends. So we had a rule that we had to kiss for at least four seconds. We're like, there is no kiss that lasts for less than four seconds when we greet each other. And it was just this funny little thing that we did with each other. And we'd like count sometimes and be like, nope, that wasn't four seconds. And it was so nice because it was just this moment of like, being intentional, connecting with each other, saying without saying, you are the most important thing to me right now and not the cooking and not the kids and not the work debrief and all of that. And it was really, really nice. And I'm just feeling like, I'm just doing like a quick life audit. And I'm like, I feel like I need to bring that back. <laughs> I'm like, it's, so, it's so easy to let those things slip where you're just like, hey, hey, and yeah. this is the quick handover of like where we're at. And it's like, no, 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 take four seconds. And I'm thinking that people listening to this will be like, I can do that. That's achievable. That's a really easy way for me to do it. It's like take four seconds to actually kiss your partner. And it, it made such a difference for us. We were just like, oh, this is really nice. And we have the time to do this. We are not too busy or too overwhelmed yeah. or whatever it is to just take four seconds, right? Like it's so important. So yeah, I just was thinking of that as you mentioned it. And I was like the greeting, the touch point, I think that's a really, really important part of a day when you're at home with kids all day and your partner comes in the door. And like you said, there can be a lot of like tension for a lot of women at that point. So I think that can be really beautiful. And yeah. I'm wondering, Julie, you, you said like, I know your eldest is 16 and you said like the first two kids was kind of a different version of, of you and your partner versus the next two kids. So how would that show up in your relationship for those first two kids? Like you not being in touch with yourself, what kind of things did you notice you were butting up against versus how you and your partner come together now? Like, can you think of some examples or differences? Oh, um, look, I would say the most, the strongest theme would be that I can touch into would be just that almost total belief that I was undesirable. You know, that really felt like, you know, when we can put rose colored glasses on often when we mourn our transition into motherhood, because we're no longer that single freelance gal out in the world who could just like hook up whenever and got attention everywhere and was like, everybody wanted to be around and noticed when she walked into a room. Often we'll longingly look back on that because we feel so unseen and undesirable in our current mm. day. So I can remember this feeling of just feeling so dowdy, mm. like, you know, you spend your day with vomit on you and leaking breasts and track pants. You're not really feeling sexy mm. in that. Yeah. Right. And I had started and I'm running all of the belief systems that say I'm a slave, right? It's I have to, do clean achieve be like the best mother on all accounts just so I'm nothing like my mother mm. so I really ran this this slavery um I felt beholden to this part of life too so I kind of equally had moments of resenting my life and motherhood to what I did feeling really devotional and on path to it so that created really big rifts in our relationship because I was so focused on motherhood and like just giving like like I was a dry lemon like squeezing everything out to like just push harder and work harder on on conscious parenting 
that I really gave zero fucks about my husband, 100% told him all of the time how he was not parenting correctly and how he, you know, would destroy our children. So therefore he couldn't. So I would have to step forwards because it wasn't possible for him to do it in a way that would leave them unscathed. <laughs> you know, could never have time off. There was no one who could look after my children the way that I could. And I was just leaving them open for wounding. <laughs> So just this slave, you're laughing, so I'm assuming you're identifying with it. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, I can, I can certainly see snippets of myself in that example, yes, and I'm, I'm here to listen to yeah. all of it. I think a lot of people will resonate with that. <laughs> yeah, so I kind of felt like we were on opposite teams in a lot of ways because I was completely out of appreciation for who he was and what he contributed and how he contributed. I was completely, I was totally on a them and us way of polarized living, which creates way more pain because I was like, there's them, there's all of the people and the places and spaces that don't do things the right way. And there's my way and my people. And it was this real sense of fracture, which just made living life way harder. Mm. So um, there's a lot of judgment. He didn't feel appreciated. I certainly wasn't appreciating him, but also because I wasn't seeing and appreciating and valuing myself and my contribution. I was very feeling invisible in motherhood. Like, and we get that message so much, don't we? That if we're not a practitioner, if we're not earning money, if we're not seen to be doing these things that somehow we're like wasting away or we've, you know, ugh, another woman's bitten, another amazing woman's bitten the dust of motherhood, mm. you know, this, sense of I was invisible and, and not a contributor mm. to life, which was not the way that I saw motherhood. I saw it as the greatest devotional act to change our world. And, you know, anyway, so how did I see that showing up in my relationship was we had way less sex. The sex we had was fairly shit. Um, I didn't feel lit up in my life. I felt fairly kind of dry and used up and spent, exhausted, so tired mm. and um, at the same time so self-righteous in there was no other way. I had to do this. I had to show up. This was how it had mm. to be and we would just have to deal because there's just nothing. And that would flip by then because I have a higher sexual drive than my husband. That would then flip into high sexual neediness that wasn't about connecting with him, wasn't about connecting with me, was just a way of suppressing mm. the pain. So pick your addiction. Mm. I can shove my body with food or I can shove my body with other mm. things. So I could see this self-abusive um, strategy that I had used in many different forms across my life just present itself in another yeah. way. And that was also really destructive mm. in our relationship. So Absolutely. And I'm wondering, because that's a pretty big thing to start being aware of. Like that's that's a lot of like unfolding to happen. For the women out there listening who can identify with a lot of what you're speaking about, because that can maybe seem like a really daunting task to take on changing that dynamic, what were like the first few yeah. micro steps you took in a new direction? Like, can you remember trying something new on and being like, oh, that was okay. Like, can you think of some of the steps you might have taken initially to try and turn that ship around? Yeah, 100% dressing my body <laughs> so simple but so effective right literally being self-disciplined enough 
that I threw out all of the shit in my cupboard that I was hanging on to because, you know, I shouldn't spend the money and how frivolous it was and I should be grateful for what I have and I should take everybody's hand-me-downs because we don't have money to spend and, you know, all of that stuff, all of that. So I would wear clothes every day that didn't feel like me, that didn't feel authentic to me, that didn't turn the dial up on, on my authentic life, mm. but in fact dulled it and turned the dial down on it. I got rid of everything in my wardrobe that didn't turn my dial mm. up. The end. Yeah. <laughs> Mic drop. <laughs> <laughs> Done. I'm gonna I'm gonna extract that out and share that as a stupid, I think. Because <laughs> that um that's probably, yeah, like such a powerful way, you know, that turned the ship around for you is just like addressing one simple part. And it comes back to what we were talking about earlier. That would be really confronting for a lot of women to drop the stories around vanity and, you know, being seen and that it's okay to want to look nice and you don't have to be a mum and therefore look a certain way. Like, and that's what I'm going to go to in a second. Some listener questions were about this, but you can be sexy. You can be well-dressed and be a mum. Like the two can coexist, even if society doesn't necessarily celebrate it. We probably tend to accept more the mum with the top knot and the, you know, dowdy, you know, sort of look. But if that doesn't feel good for you, you're allowed to change that. And I love that. Hey, mamas, I really hope this was a great episode for you. I know it was such a great episode for me. And I think my biggest takeaway from this episode with Julie was about taking self-responsibility. So really, rather than projecting whatever relationship friction you're having out onto your partner, actually looking within and asking yourself, like, am I devoted to me first? Am I looking after me? Am I pleasuring myself? Am I treating myself like a goddess? Or am I treating myself like a slave? Am I eating scraps off the floor? Am I not nourishing myself? And I think that's what I really took out of it because it's so easy to skip that first step and then go straight to why is our relationship like it is? And why are we not having sex all the time? Why are we not having good sex? And why do I not feel connected? But if you don't feel connected to yourself, it's so hard to feel connected in your relationship because it starts with you. So I'd love to hear what you got out of today's podcast. Maybe you also got that same message out or maybe you took something else from the podcast, but please jump on over to at Laura and let me know your biggest takeaway from this podcast. I always love knowing that there's actual women, live human beings on the other side of this microphone. It's not just me talking into the internet world. I would so love to hear from you and please go and give Julie a follow at juliettenner.love. She's a wealth of knowledge. She is just so like hold such a warm, beautiful container for anything to do with relationships, spark, feminine energy, libido, feeling seen, um, abundance in money and business and flow and all of those juicy, delicious, creative endeavors. So please go give her a follow if that sounds like something that's interesting to you. And make sure you subscribe to the Pregnancy with Physio Laura podcast. We have one more episode coming up in this Nourish the Feminine podcast series. It is nourishing the mother though, isn't it? Um, and that episode is the listener Q&A. And I know you're going to love that because these are the questions that all of you submitted in. So chances are, even if you didn't submit the question, it's probably hot on your mind. We talk about libido. We talk about accepting your postpartum body. We talk about changing up the sex menu after birth. We explore why libido changes, all of the different factors that play into that. And it's really, really beautiful. Julie has so much wisdom to share. So make sure you subscribe to the Pregnancy with Physio Laura podcast so you do not miss out. 
And remember, if you want to connect with me further, if you want to be supported in your pregnancy, if you want to work out every week, if you want to do yoga, meditation, prepare for birth mentally and physically, deal with your pelvic pain, or just have a beautiful community of mums surrounding you during your pregnancy, come into my Pregnancy Positive membership. It is such a beautiful program. It nourishes you for your entire pregnancy. And you can find out more and trial it for seven days by visiting thepregnancyposse.com. I hope you're having a wonderful day wherever you are right now. I hope that you are just feeling it yourself. I hope you are really devoted to you doing something, even if it's just two minutes, to fill your cup up, to look after you, to treat yourself like a queen, not like a slave. I'm just pondering what I might do for myself today. I'm feeling like I might have a really delicious drink, some sort of tea or cacao and just like really sit with myself and like maybe tell myself what I love about myself. Oh, oh, I'm so excited. I might do that right now. But wherever you are, I hope you're doing something like that for you too. Stay tuned for episode four, which will be coming out next week. And yeah, I'll see you soon, ladies. Mm -hmm. 